Your 53-man roster is complete, at least the first go-around for 2022 for the Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to dig into what was surprising and what may yet still be to come today on Locked On Chiefs with Matt Derrick, breaking it down. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, everybody. We're brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. They help you find candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job there for free with LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. A lot to go on there. We have a ton to go down as we just saw the culmination of the Chiefs 53-man roster. Matt's here to break it down with us. You can find all of his information and his written blurbs about every single player over at ChiefsDigest.com. We're going to get into it. Thanks for making your first listen today. Find another Locked On show for your next one. Maybe the draft show where you can hear somebody talk about some of the college kids. There's a lot going on there. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, RGR Football, and NFL33.com. So here we go, Matt. All that out of the way, a couple of surprises, way more surprises than I think we're used to on a standard 53. There's some rigmarole that we always expect, but there were a couple of surprises. Do, do you agree or was this exactly what you felt was coming? No, there there were a couple of surprises. Most of the surprises that we're talking about, though, it wasn't necessarily a roster depth chart question, you know, where suddenly it's the, hey, the, key, the Chiefs keep the sixth guy instead of the third guy or anything like mm -hmm. that um, within a position group. It was mostly, do you keep a sixth receiver or a third quarterback? Do you keep a fifth linebacker or a fifth running back? I mean, those were the decisions that Brett Veach had to make. And, and yeah, there's always a few little things that are thrown in there for roster maneuvers that you have to do. Um, but I mean, still there were, there was a couple of surprise moves, but nothing that from a, I think a depth chart standpoint that really surprised anybody. If you've watched the training camp coverage and if you watch the preseason games. Yeah. I mean, it's just about shifting priorities, right? I think a lot of it also plays into who can you get on the practice squad and who do you think you can't get on the practice squad? I think that was part of the decision about the top two positions on offense at quarterback and running back, keeping one more at both positions than I had actually expected. What do you think of, of Steve Michelle being here as well as Chad Henney and then Rojo making it as well as all the others, including the rookie Pacheco? Yeah, but Shane Bouchelle ma making it was a bit of a surprise to me because, you know, last year there was interest in Bouchelle around the league. So mm -hmm. it makes sense that they protected him. But once again, you know, you're at a time of the season when most teams are pretty good in their quarterback situations. You know, they've gotten through training camp and there really haven't been a, a lot of injuries to that position around the league. Um, it's not like it was last year when you had a few teams that were actually looking for quarterback help and needed somebody. And that's where Bouchelle might have come into play yeah there were probably a couple of situations that the chiefs were aware of that they could have seen okay you know what this team might be interested in him so maybe bouchelle doesn't clear waivers um so I, I it makes sense that hey if you want to protect this guy you feel like he's somebody you either need now or down the road you don't want to take that risk with a quarterback um with ronald jones it, i think it's a little bit more interesting because he is a veteran he wouldn't have been subject to waivers um, could have just gone and immediately become a free agent, which means, yeah, anybody could could drag, grab him. Um, but also with the new rules, you know, hey, the Chiefs, maybe you could have tried to get him onto the practice squad, whether that was, you know, an option that the player would consider. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of those things that go into that decision. To me, the one thing that this does is that it keeps Brett Veach's options open. And remember, I mean, they've got another week and a half before the season starts. There's a reason we call this the initial 53 there's still going to be some movement to go, not only in the next 24 hours once waiver claims are done, 
Um, but even after that, I mean, there's there's still times to make moves, and it doesn't mean that anybody on this roster is set, including Rojo. I, I, it's interesting that you put it that way, too. I, I think both of these were obviously reasonable so that you can keep your options open. Um, I do think Michelle probably would have got that. And sorry, Shane, uh, messed up your name there earlier. I'm a little excited. This is one of my favorite days of the year, so bear with me, folks. But I, I was surprised it was both because there is a lot going on elsewhere and you knew you you were trying to keep Blake Bell already so that you could get him to IR. So that seems like three spots that you're just kind of biding your time to find out what you want to do. I think there's still trade value for Rojo. I, I don't think that's over just because cuts are down right now. And I do think that, as you said, most quarterback spots are, are settled. If there are a few teams moving around, could you try to move him in a trade? If not, could you just let it settle and then move him back to the practice squad in a week or two? Do you think that happens or they carry three quarterbacks this whole season? I mean, it's certainly an option. Absolutely. Um, and, I, and I think that goes with a couple of other positions too, but with, with quarterback especially, and, and and I don't necessarily mean that this is the situation that maybe causes that, but you look at it and what the Cowboys are only have one quarterback on their active roster right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's at least something to me that, that stands out because it tells me that Dallas is looking for another quarterback. They're not happy with all their options. So they're going to consider what's out there. And you know what? An SMU guy might be on their radar. Um, you know, and, and there were some other teams that have certainly been interested in him before, too. So it makes sense. You're right. I mean, you know, teams have been known to do that. I mean, they have been known to kind of wait until the, you know, the the ruckus of the initial 53 settles in and sometimes try and sneak a guy through uh, maybe when there's more activity going on and maybe some teams are less apt to make a move. Um, but I think if you're at this point with Michelle, you're probably committing yourself. This guy's going to be on the 53 all season. It it could certainly work out that way. I still think it's a bit of a risk to carry three when you have such a crunch. I think probably the biggest surprise for most people, certainly for me, is that Therese Fountain isn't on the initial 53. They only kept five wide receivers. I don't think it stays that way for long. Do you? I'd be surprised, um, especially because, you know, you've got the the knee with Juju Smith-Schuster right now that we don't really know what the status of that is, if it's 100% or not. Um, you know, hey, MVS missed the game within the concussion protocol. That appears to be behind him, so I don't think that's a significant issue. But the knee of Juju Smith-Schuster bears, you know, monitoring. And, yes, the, the Chiefs will keep some guys on the practice squad. I'd be surprised if Fountain wasn't on that list of guys. And honestly, I'd be surprised if Josh Gordon isn't on that list of guys that they'd like to keep too. I did not get the sense today that that the Chiefs were done with him, that they felt like that there's still maybe some possibilities with him. So door's not closed on anybody at this sense, you know, completely. Uh, and it doesn't mean that just simply because you made the 53 today, you're safe tomorrow. There's still a lot that can happen. There, there's a lot of things that can happen. We'll talk about some of those as well as the defensive side of the ball. A couple of surprises there. But first thing I'd say about some of our friends that are helping us out and support the folks that support us. As you gear up for fall, you need to find the right people to help your team and your small business fire on all the cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier for you to find the people that you want to talk to faster and for free. I'm always looking for good content creators, graphic artists, et cetera, et cetera. It makes it simple to just create a job in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs and reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. You add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame comes in on your LinkedIn profile and it spreads the word to your network as well as others that you're trying to find the right people to hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster. Did you know? 
that every week 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Post your job for free on linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. You just got to decide, is Patrick going to go off for 300 yards? Is actually one of the other receivers, is MVS going to get 80 plus? Those are the questions you have to ask. I love this format. and It's from our friends at Prize Picks. You got to check them out. It's super simple. It works just like this. Pick two to five players. And then if they go and score more or less than the Prize Picks projection, you just have to pick that. You can win up to 10 times your money on any single entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections. Pick a line. Is it under? Is it over? That's the only decision you have to make. Price Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. Obviously, NFL would be at the top of your list, but NBA, MLB, NHL, all of them, all the way down to boxing, disc golf, cricket, all kinds of things that are way out there just by picking lines. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals are there as well. Currently operational in 30 states and Canada. And download the PrizePix app right now. That's how you get into it. At prizepix.com and go sign up to play their daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match on $100 with the promo code Locked On. So if you deposit 100, Prize Picks gives you 100. If you deposit 50, they give you 50. Don't forget, you got to go sign up at prizepicks.com with the code Locked On to get that instant deposit match of up to $100. I'd like $100. I think I, I would put that money on some of these guys to make the roster that did not. Another curiosity for me on the offensive line, you did keep nine. That's about where I was. But like there's 17 tackles and only one backup interior offensive lineman in Nick Allegretti. How surprising is the not the number they kept, but the makeup of what they kept? Yeah, the one the one place on the offensive line that was very curious to me was the decision to go ahead and, and keep Darian Kennard at the expense of Austin Ryder. Now, that could be one of these 24-hour windows. I mean, Austin Ryder, all indications are that the Chiefs want him back at least on the practice squad possibility that if another spot opens up on the raw active roster that they're going to go with him because you're absolutely right i mean right now you're talking about going into week one with nick allegretti as your only backup interior lineman well what if you lose a second guy your only other option is andrew wiley goes in from right tackle and now you're you know playing guys at three different spots so yeah there's there's some mayhem there right now with the way that that line's constituted which tells me Chiefs aren't done there, that yeah. that Brett Veach is signaling that they've got some more work to do. And I'm not even sure if it's just on the interior because, yeah, they kept Kennard, who is a developmental player still. The fact that he was only playing on the third team during the preseason tells you that they're not prepared to put Darian Kennard into a game. Mm-hmm. So with Jaron Christian and Prince Tegamanongo as being the, the other guys on the roster right now, Christian's a, a, a backup left tackle, right tackle, swing guy in this league. So at least you, you got a known quantity. But Ango's still a developmental player too. I mean, you really don't know what you have there as well. And based on what we saw in camp, I mean, there's certainly some reason to believe that's a position that swing tackle spots a spot where the Chiefs want maybe an upgrade. So I wouldn't be surprised, especially the way it's constituted right now, that that is where the Chiefs are going into week one. Offensive line, I think there is still some activity to come in the days ahead. Uh, but the fact that, it, and you know what, it didn't even surprise me as much 
that the Chiefs kept Kennard, I felt like if they did that, then we're looking at an offensive line with 10 players on it. Mm -hmm. I was surprised that they did that and let Austin Ryder go. Yeah, my thought as well. Now, I'm still waiting for Kennard to move inside, folks. We'll talk about that another day. We'll see what happens as they work through their swing tackle options. Now, the other thing is Matt Bushman was let go with an injury designation, which means if he clears waivers, he's done for the season no matter what, correct? Most pretty much. I mean, if he returns to the if he clears waivers, he'll return to the club on injured reserve. Um, there are scenarios where the team can make a region injury settlement with him and then, you know, he could come back later. But once again, that would mean exposing him to the waiver wire. So usually when you go on injured reserve this time of year, it is the end of your season. Okay. And then we do have a, a coming move with Blake Bell going to IR. That will be at least what a minimum of six weeks, correct? Uh minimum of four weeks. Four, four now. So he can come back earlier. Even better. Okay. So that was the other thing. Four tight ends, four wide uh, running backs, three quarterbacks on there. On the defensive side, surprise for me was not how many they kept at a position. It's the fact that they kept more offensive players than defensive players. And there's only four tackles on this roster. On defensive tackles, a position that I think is a little bit thin. Are you surprised that both uh, Stallworth and Shelton were let go? And then it does seem like they're going to move some of their edges down inside during the season. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, another bit of a surprise because I, I figured that the Chiefs would keep Shelton just regardless for now. Um, this could certainly be a move as, as just saying, remember, because remember, you know, Shelton didn't show up in time with the club until August 15th. So right. he hasn't had a ton of time and he played a lot in that preseason game against the Packers. And, and I was still wasn't sure if that was just to get him in the football shape or the Chiefs just wanted to see how much he's got in the tank. Um, could have been both. Mm -hmm. But this tells me at least that that Chiefs feel like he needs some more work before he's ready to go into week one. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me. You know, again, another veteran guy who might end up on one of those spots on the practice squad for just that reason. That maybe you just want to give him some more time to round into football shape. But it leaves a hole. We've talked about this, that, that Danny Shelton kind of filled a spot on that defensive line for a, a big block occupying run first tackle that they really don't have. Um, the fact that they went six and four as far as edge players versus inside, that seemed where they were two weeks ago before mm -hmm. Shelton arrived. So to a degree, it's a return to the status quo of maybe what this roster looked like before Shelton got here. Um, so a, a mild surprise there, but I, you do. You feel like that they need some depth on that interior. Uh, yeah, Mike Dana and some other guys rotated inside, you know, you know, to give them at least some, some you know, versatility options there. But it still feels like there's a piece missing in that group. I have to think so, too. I'm a little surprised. I thought Kamara had an outside shot if they kept six DNs. I think they need to get him on the practice squad because I thought his flashes were probably either in line or maybe a little bit better than Kando, who did make the roster, folks. Malik Herring and Kando are both on the roster behind the four that you were expecting. Matt, did that surprise you? Yeah, to a degree, not really, because I thought it was an incredibly difficult decision between Herring and Kando as far as just watching, you know, where their work was, how the, the, you know, where their reps were in practice, how the team kind of viewed them, because it was really hard to see. I mean, if anything, it looked like Herring might have been just a nose ahead of Kando, but not by much. Um, the other factor to remember, you know, is that Kando did suffer an oblique injury in that last game against the Packers. How long that's going to keep him out? is notable because he's one guy who has not practiced this week. If he's another candidate for IR, maybe he goes on IR for four weeks and somebody else gets added Contact. back to this roster. Maybe that's where Shelton comes in because again, 
he's a guy that doesn't have to clear waivers. He's a vested veteran, so you could bring him back immediately, and you you don't have that risk of losing him. And that's Herring with the oblique, right? Correct. Okay. Just want to make sure. I, I think that's part of it. We need to find out, and you can probably enlighten us as to what the veterans go through, because I think it's an interesting twist there, and then I have a couple more questions. But, folks, there's still lots that you need to do, and we got somebody that can help you. It's Dave. You can't change the past, but maybe you can help your future self. And now we have a special tool to do it with. It's called Dave. Maybe borrow a little cash. Maybe get yourself clear of a situation like I found myself in many a time. You just need that little bit of extra cash. Dave's the banking app that can help you with that with nearly $500 in instantly earned extra cash. That's the money to fill your tank. It's the money to buy a gift. It's the money to catch up on bills or anything else that you need to get done so you can tackle those expenses that are stressing you out and move on without any hangups. There's no interest. There's no credit check. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief that they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch or you want some help, or you want a little idea of the future with Dave, it's the future for you right now. Download the Dave app from any app store. That's D-A-V-E, like the name. Sign up for extra cash account, and you can get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, make sure to go to Dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking is provided by Evolve, the member FDIC. Your future you will thank you. Now, one thing that I find very interesting is it is, for the vested veterans, it's straight to free agency. They don't have to either come back. They don't have to sign. They don't have to go to practice squad if they don't want to. It is it is all opt-in on their part. So if you say, I want Danny Shelton to go to the practice squad, the team isn't designating that, right? This is all free will of the player once they're released. Yeah, it is. I mean, and and you and you do have that distinction at least between the vested veterans who are guys who have at least four years in the league because they get to choose where they go. Um, and remember, a guy like Shelton, he's already made his choice. He wanted to be in Kansas City, all things being equal. Yep. So there's a likelihood that hey, he's going to want to stay. Elijah Lee's already indicated, hey, he knows what the deal is here. He's got a. They the Chiefs have told him they want to you know, bring him back as soon as Blake Bell goes to IR. Those guys have all the, the free will that they want to. I mean, they can go elsewhere, but a lot of these times, these veterans are where they want to be for a reason. It's the younger guys, yeah, that you now have got to expose to waivers, and any any team in the league can claim them, and vice versa. The Chiefs are going through that wire waiver wire too, and it, it, don't don't forget. I mean, Chiefs put a waiver claim just to, what was it last week on Kendall Blanton, the tight end, mm-hmm. who's back on the waiver wire again. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if that's a move that the Chiefs make. Now, folks, the, the Chiefs are officially at the 30th position on the waiver wire. Waiver claims are a little bit tough to come by right now, so we'll see what happens. I don't know if there was a third team that put in for Platinum the first time, but we'll find out here in about 24 hours, right? Yeah, probably. Uh, I expect the Chiefs to probably make that move again, and and you never know who, who else that I might be interested in, but you're right. I mean, being 30th on the wire means that a lot of other teams are going to pass before they get to you. One tight end that will not be there, by the way, my, my guy, Tanner Connor. Made the Dolphins roster. I'm sorry, Tanner. Could have been a chief. Just telling you. Um, it's funny, though, that you brought up Elijah Lee because that's one of the positions that caught me off guard. If nothing changes, this team is going into week one with four, only four linebackers on this roster. Leo Chanel beating out both Elijah Lee and Jermaine Carter, the veterans that were brought in to kind of shore up the position. Does that say more about their comfort level with, with Chanel, or does it say more about something else? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think it does definitely says something about Chanel, especially in the sense that he was starting Thursday with the ones. I mean, that's an indication about how far they feel like he's come along and and whether or not he's ready for maybe a, a little bit larger role than it appeared at the beginning of camp. I mean, you still get the sense that, that Lee is probably going to be the guy that they trust in passing situations, but I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, you get the opportunity to put Leo Chanel out there to run downhill and whether it's to play the run or go after the passer, that he's going to excel at that this year. And you want to try and get those situations. Um, the one swing and a miss is is Jermaine Carter. You know, it's not a big signing, but you know, the Chiefs gave him 1.77 million guaranteed to come here and play special teams and, and be a backup linebacker. And for whatever reason, it did not click. Um, Lee's a guy, you know, it's it, it, it this all indications are he's coming back, you know, as soon as Blake Bell goes to IR and that Carter's the odd man out. Um, that's the one that, that's a disappointing signing because you know the, the Chiefs were counting on him coming in and being a veteran that could take a remember of all these core special teams players they're losing, including you know Ben Neiman and Dorian O'Daniel. You they thought Carter was the guy who's going to be able to come in and take that role, and and the fact that it didn't work out that's that's it's a small price to pay but every million point seven seven million dollars here and there adds up and this was a swing and a miss for brett veach it certainly does and it's funny that, that you mentioned the, the special teams aspect because i think had he actually panned out there might be a difference at the cornerback spot where the four that we thought were, were top are top rashad fenton's in your top three folks he's going to be a starter it's really not there both the rookies, Watson and Williams, made it. And then Chris Lamons, Lamons, however we're saying that today, made the roster. And I believe myself that that was close. If there had been another special team standout that had been able to make it onto their defensive positional group, I think maybe that might not have happened. Am I wrong? It's hard to tell. I mean, I, I think you're certainly right from the standpoint that – you know, if, if the Chiefs needed some veteran leadership on that special teams, and if it comes down to you know you 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 need one of those guys, I know who Dave Tobe's going to choose every single time. Um, and and if it's not a contest though, that's where players can make it difficult for themselves. And and it does speak volumes that you know the Chiefs were willing to walk away from Carter and and you know and stick with Lamont, who doesn't have the same kind of guarantees or anything. Now different roles for sure. But you're right. I mean, if 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 Carter stands out, if he earns that job, what happens to that sixth cornerback spot? Now, are you able to the Chiefs to keep a Nazi Johnson who can also play special teams, but is not at the caliber of a Lamont's Um, Lamont's one of the things that he does. One of the things he's reason he's on special teams is because he's a gunner. If the Chiefs are able to keep Darius Fountain as a sixth receiver, that's another role that he plays well. You know, that plays into all of this. So, yeah, I, I think you, you isolate those three players and it's if you're only able to keep one of them, special teams is the ultimate deciding factor. And what the Chiefs are telling us is that Chris Lamont was the, the primary special teams reason. That's why he's here. I think at the end of the day, when we take a look at the 53 and I don't do, you know, secondary 53s, what it's going to be like, I grade myself on the initial. I hit 47 pretty low for me this is one of my my thinner years to tell you the truth i i'm intrigued because the thing that stood out to me is that nine of the 10 draft picks made this roster i don't know if that's true here in another week but for right now it certainly is that caught me a little off guard do you have any other takeaways on on your prediction versus reality yeah, I'm with you. I mean, this was one of the more difficult roster projections I've ever done. And once again, it was it was because it, it wasn't necessarily a roster where at the bottom of each group, there was a competition for, you know, roster depth. 
I mean, really, we touched on the only one that I thought was there, which was a, a edge between uh, Kane, Doe, and Erring. I thought those guys were neck and neck. Everywhere else, you look down and one, two, three, four, five, you could identify a really strong depth chart and, and have been very, very accurate. The question just becomes comes in. It's the, the fifth running back, the third quarterback, a sixth receiver, a tenth lineman, uh, you know, a tenth defensive lineman, a fifth linebacker. 10 defensive backs or 11. I mean, those were the questions. It was, it was never, you know, Josh Gordon versus Darius Fountain. It was Darius Fountain or Chris Lamont's. And right. that's the most difficult roster to project because it's hard to read minds. It's hard to read in the minds of Brett Veach and Andy Reed and the, the, the special teams coordinators and the offensive and defensive coordinators. It's hard to, to really gauge that because, you know, that's the one thing that we can't gauge on a practice field or in a game is how do you feel about two players of completely different positions? I mean, that's a tough thing to judge. It definitely is. And there's more to come. And quick shout out to our buddy, Mike Burton. Uh, congrats on the new baby. He missed practice because of that. He's definitely on the roster. Like we said, folks, not a worry. But uh, there will be changes coming, whether it's, whether it's tomorrow after waivers, whether it's down the line in the next couple of days before actual preparations begin for week one in the, in the Arizona Cardinals. We're going to give you all the updates, and Matt will drop any kind of news. Obviously, you should be subscribed to him over at JuiceDigest.com, as well as his Matt Derrick handle on Twitter. Matt, thanks for the time and setting us straight. I appreciate it, Ryan. Take care, everybody. Folks, you have a, a great one. Check out the Fantasy Football Podcast. That's our newest and hottest right now. It is fantasy season. We will talk to you tomorrow.